thought you were gonna get started, Jordan. <laughs> what is that? It's the Wii Shop music from the Wii. Oh yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Did the pod start? Yeah, it started. Okay. <laughs> All right. Give us your intro, Andrew. Like the regular intro? I mean, we could like just... where I do like the titles and your for your name and stuff. Do it as fast as you can. I'll say that without for later. stuttering. I'll say that for later. Johnny, what are your favorite? No, what is no? Yeah, give me what is a group of your favorite video game weapons. Yeah, okay. And then so give this me is, the main one. This is one of the questions. This has nothing to do with the pod, I guess. But this is the random shit uh, me and Andrew talked about before the pod. But we're trying to figure out what's the best, our favorite weapon, in video game history. I guess there's too many fucking weapons, but these are some of the dope ass ones. There's Scorpion's chain, right? I guess it counts. Yeah. It's like a kunai, but yeah, it's a chain kunai. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man, the blaster. Mega, the Mega Buster. Yeah. We got the Cloud Sword. What's the name? Buster of Sword. The, the Buster, Buster sword. sword. That's right. Samus, similar to the Mega Man. Cannon thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Kirby's hammer. Kind of generic though. This is the thing with a lot of these weapons. They're, they're kind of generic. <laughs> and then we got uh, the Keyblade. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. yours, right? That's your main thing. Uh, the best part of the Keyblade is not just like offense; like it actually serves a story purpose. Like uh-huh. you like lock away and unlock things with it. So yeah. it's a weapon with a purpose. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, this is one that you mentioned, and I said it doesn't count because it wasn't born out of video games, and that's the lightsaber. It's the only way you get to use the lightsabers in video games, so that's my argument for it. Because they always feel good in games, even though like they're like weaker than they are in the movies. Okay, and and the one you're giving me resistance on, which is one that I said I really like, are the Blades of Chaos. And the reason for that is because it has a heavy story behind it. Same reason you have. Yeah. It's got a ton of story, so that's I mean, my pick. It doesn't have any applications outside of battle, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It does have the... It's kind of central to like Kratos' story, isn't it? Like, yeah, it has dude, to do. like the the chains. They're bound to him, aren't they're they? They're bound to him. They're cinched to his forearms, mm-hmm. and they're the blades that he killed his. Wait, no, no, no. They're, I was gonna say that he killed his family with, but are they? No, he killed them before that. I think. Yeah, but what did he kill them with? I think he like strangled them or cut them with a sword or something. Cause I think it was the blades, but they weren't the blades of chaos. They weren't. No, no, I don't think so. No. You think it was just like a sword or something? I'm trying to remember back to like the first game because I haven't played the first game in years. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it as part of like the trilogy for PS3. Okay. And I think, I think he killed his daughter and his wife with like a sword, sword or something like an actual like not the blades themselves. He used something to kill them. But I don't think he got the blades till afterward. I could mm-hmm. be wrong because there is prequels with where he has like the blades of chaos kind of. Mm-hmm. But like his his kid and his do- his daughter and like wife I think are already dead at that point too, so maybe <laughs> I don't remember. But the point is like they're central. They're a part of like Kratos's character, right? Like like when he gets them back at the end or like during the 2018 God of War, like it's like a momentous thing, right? It's not it's like not just like a random weapon. It's like it it carries like a heavy like. I guess you could say, like, story or tragicness to him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of who Kratos is. Like, without the Blades of Chaos, like, Kratos isn't that interesting. Like, even with the Leviathan Axe, I think he's not as interesting as he is with the Blades of Chaos. But, 
That's me just saying that. So yeah, I tried looking it up, but it's gonna take too long. That's not true. I thought about it. I'm like, that's not true. He does use the blades for a climbing. He does like stab the walls with them. So I guess he does use them outside of combat application. Because I remember like you swing with them too, don't you? Like from place to place, like yeah, you, you grapple. As you grapple player. with the blades, right? He's gonna do it in a, a Ragnarok too. I don't know if you saw it, but there's a section where he's trying to breach a wall mm-hmm. and he just. Like, throws it at the wall, and he pulls himself forward. I did, yeah. That's, like, the wall where, what's his name is behind, right? The yeah, tier. so I, I guess he got a ton of applications. It's it's the killing, it's the grappling, it's... The, mount, uh, oh, the climbing upside down yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. Yeah. Super practical. I guess that makes sense. I think the Blades of Chaos feel, like, really good just because, like, it's a melee weapon, but it's a melee weapon with, like, range. Because you can, like, juggle with them and, like, do, like, the air, like, maneuvers. The I remember my favorite one was, like, in... You do that thing where you like slice, and then it's like the one where you kind of do like a yo-yo thing back and forth. Do you remember that one? There's like a specific nah. maneuver he does with them, where like you push like circle really fast, and he does like this like yo-yo thing with both of them, where like you go back and forth, back and forth. Instead of just like swinging, mm-hmm. he has them like launch forward and they pull back like this, kind of. Yeah, we didn't have that in the latest iteration of God of War. No, but um, but yeah, okay. I guess let's start the actual pod. Uh, go ahead, Andrew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the DualSense Podcast. As always, I am your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert. You just heard him speak right now. The self-proclaimed lost cause. The always down for the cause, never down for the count, unnecessary one, Johnny. What's up? Thank you, Johnny. I was thrown off because you were... don't usually speak before we do the intro. Mm-hmm. Even like when we do like sometimes like we just kind of like start talking or whatever. But like it throws me off like when we actually start start the pod and I have to like readjust to like form not formal. But I have to go back to like like how does it go again? Like the spiel every week. So that threw me off. Uh, this week we only have like two main stories that we're, like I'm actually gonna read from. But like the rest of the stuff we're gonna talk about, it, we're kind of just pulling it from our memory banks here. Uh, Johnny, you wanted to start right with the. This past weekend, we had, like, the whole DC fandom thing. I'm not a big DC guy, but it was... You want to go with fandom, or you want to go with the articles first? Let's just start, because we already started talking about it. Okay. You put art... <laughs> Gotham Knights. Uh, yeah, it's Gotham Knights. <laughs> I put Arkham Knights. Uh, so, you just saw the trailer, right, a, a couple minutes ago. What'd you think about um, Suicide Squad? Oh, Suicide Squad? Well, I'm sorry. Arkham Knights. We're already on it. Ar- Gotham Knights? Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Gotham Knights, I, I could we didn't see like any new gameplay as far as I know. Well, we I had looked enough though to get a really good feel of it. All I saw was like more of like the cinematic trailers, like the story trailers. Yeah, it looks interesting. I'm kind of intrigued. They're do, yeah, like they're doing the thing where like Batman is like dead or he's gone or whatever. Um, we have of course Red Hood, Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl. Yeah, and it's the Court of Owls, which I'm really happy about because fuck, dude, from like for decades, all we see is like the Riddler. Scarecrow, Joker, right? Mm-hmm. They keep bringing them fucking back, and I love those characters. But I want to see some new content, you know? right? Um, well, we get in, we'll get into it later. But they also released the Batman thing, and again, it's the Riddler, right? Oh, the Batman for the movie, trailer. yeah. yeah and yeah. I feel like at the end of that film, but we like, haven't had the Riddler like in years, like since Jim Carrey though. So. We've had, like, a couple of Jokers since That's then. That's true. That's true. That was, what, 25 years ago? About? About, yeah. 1990. Yeah, maybe 22, 25 years ago. Yeah, sounds about right. So, I'm okay with having the Riddler again, because Riddler, Riddler, for me, is... He's not as interesting as a Joker, 
But I like the mind games and stuff. He's like much more like indirect than the Joker. Well, it really sounds really tough to pull off. But what I would have liked to to have seen because now we have like the tech, it's fucking pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would have been cool with like Clayface, or a or a Croc. Clayface, it sounds tricky because with Clayface, that's kind of like it's not grounded in reality as much as like the other villains, I guess. Yeah. Clayface works better like in the games and like the animated cartoon series. Um, I would, I would, I think Clayface would wouldn't work as well in the movies unless like you're like several movies into like the current like iteration like later on kind of like how you can't do venom off the bat with the spider-man movie you have to like kind of build up the universe before you bring in venom i think the same thing with clayface where like you need to ground like the movies first and then you can start introducing like more and more like not dramatic. What's That's true, before? but they've been trying to do the DC universe for a fucking minute, right? Yeah, but this Batman movie is like not part of it. It's like unrelated. It's not the Ben Affleck one. See, yeah. I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Like, they're going, they're branching off and all these. They have like two Jokers, right? They're supposed to be like two different Jokers that are playing two different parts, right? In the DC universe, or there's you, like spinoffs. Are you talking about like the Jerry Leto one and then mm-hmm. like the the Joaquin Phoenix one? Yeah, I don't know if they just completely booted yeah. Jared. Mm, the Joaquin Phoenix one has like nothing to do with it. It's All like right. a it's like a standalone like offshoot like. Yeah, they're random. just so inconsistent. But then we have uh, what is part of the DC universe is Aquaman. And right. The shit you see in that is Shazam. not grounded at all. Right. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. That's fair because Aquaman's not like a grounded character. He's like, he has like powers and it's, stuff. Yeah, that film is wild. It's a great film. If but like the Batman it. movie, we see the trailer for the Batman movie, the Robert Pattinson one coming out. It looks like a very like a heavy like detective noir style like like I don't know sixties nineteen seventies kind of era. Yeah, but also like what's going on with the damn timelines? Like this is a young Batman, and then Aquaman, Batman, Flash—they're all current. Okay, the Flash one—that's part of like the DCEU kind of thing. Like that's so we're working with more than two timelines. Or kind of, time. sort of. It's kind of confusing, honestly. I I notice that the movies that are not like anchored in the DCEU tend to be better. Huh. Like, like kind of like Joker. Sort of, kind of, but I I feel like like for example, like with the first Aquaman movie, like has like very little to do with like the anything outside of Aquaman. Like it doesn't try to do like the building up, setting up stuff for like the rest uh-huh. of the universe. Yeah. And it works well. Shazam, I thought was like super fun. Yeah. That one has, like, nothing to do with the rest of it except for, like, that Superman cameo at the very end. Like, I like when the movies are, like, self-contained. Because they can't do, like, the Marvel formula where, like, they can't, like, build up the characters and then still build up, like, the rest of the universe at the same time. They can't mm-hmm. do that, like, well. So They can't, yeah. They so the DC can't. movies are, like, self-contained. Those seem to, to me, those are the ones that work the best. Like, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman, the first one, not the 1984 one. Uh, Aquaman, Shazam, like those are like the solid like by themselves movies. That's why I want to, I want them to do the Ben Affleck one. I think they're doing the Ben Affleck one, but I don't know for sure that's still happening. But okay. this Robert Pattinson one looks cool. It has like a dark kind of. Well, like... we'll we'll get into that later. But to bring it back to the, uh, we're gonna talk about that. But to bring it back to the game, I think Clayface is okay to do. Yeah, yeah, that's fine because like Arkham Knight. I mean. I got me saying it too. Gotham Knights. <laughs> Gotham Knights is like, it seems like it's anchored in the same, it's being done by Rocksteady. So it's like in the same universe as the Arkham games, sort mm-hmm. of. 
But they haven't like straight out. I think they said like, oh yeah, like it's not set in the Arkham universe. Mm-hmm. But it kind of continues where Arkham Knight ended in a way, where at the end like Bruce kind of just like blows up his mansion and like. Do you think they're gonna bring Batman into this? I like, hope I, not. I, I hope feel not. like they just can't resist putting Batman in the game and Joker. I hope not. Like I played a uh, the Arkham Knight, and I, and then I felt from the beginning like they're not gonna fuck with Joker because like we killed Joker, right? Right. And was it Arkham City? No, Arkham City was like the. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No. Or you Arkham think... Asylum. Arkham Arkham Knight. Are you talking about where he died already, or he starts off dead? He starts off dead. Oh, he starts off dead in Arkham Knight. Yes. And then I think he dies at the end of, at the very end of Arkham City. I think you're right. Because you can't get him, like, the medicine he needs or whatever, and he, like, dies of, like, a heart attack or something like that. He, like, officially dies in the in the universe. Yeah, but the, the point is, I feel like they're going to bring back the Joker and Batman. I hope not. I hope this game kind of stands on its own. Like, yeah. getting back, okay, getting back on track, properly on track, like, the trailer shows, like, it's like the Court of Owls, right? They're like taunting like the other characters, like 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 Batman's gone, like the rest of you guys, like you guys can't like stand. You're not, you're no match for us because like you guys can't like stand up to like the. You're in the shadow of Batman, right? Like you guys are not as good or as yeah, polished yeah. as Batman. So it's like whatever, and it's basically just like the Bat family, right? It's like the the people like he's like mentored throughout the years, and now like they have to stand, they have to stand together on their own without him. And it seems like the game is about them kind of like stepping out of Batman's shadow and like you know doing saving the city or saving whatever like with by themselves. So I'm hoping they don't undercut that by bringing in Batman again. But the thing is, the mystery still is we don't know what happened to Batman. So it's like they have to solve that. He they say he died at the yeah, in the trailer from last year. Like oh like like Batman's dead. Like that's it. Nah, they know he's not fucking dead. I don't know. I hope. I hope they don't do that. I feel like you're right, but I really hope they don't pull like a Deus Ex Machina thing and bring him back. And it's like it's gonna undercut the entire like point of the story. I hope they don't. I, of course, I want Batman to come back eventually, mm-hmm. but I hope this is just like them. It's like you want them to do like the Spider-Man thing where like Tony Stark doesn't save Spider-Man, right? He kind of just mentors him and like steps out, like lets him do everything, and just kind of like. I'd be cool if it's totally cool if in the game they have like references to Batman and they're like, "Oh, he left us this behind," you know, like a recording or yeah, kind yeah. of like a yeah, that'd be cool. But um, I don't know. I'm hoping. I, I told you. I told you this when I was watching the trailer. I hope you can choose like one character and just play as that character for the rest of the game. Play two characters. Uh, Nightwing and no, I'm sorry, Batgirl and Red Hood. Okay, I'm to uh, Batgirl and Robin. Yeah? yeah, you don't like Nightwing. He's alright. He seems he feels generic to me. I would think Robin would be even more generic. Nah, I like his costume. You see, that's why I like Red Hood and Batgirl because I like their costumes. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I think I remember because they didn't show gameplay this time, but the gameplay from last year they show where like you could like jump back and forth between the characters. But I'm wondering, like, if the game will allow you to just, like, main one character and just switch, like, when you have to, maybe. Hopefully. Well, I, yeah, I might have this totally wrong, but it, it is multiplayer, right? I don't remember. I think... I, I really don't, thought it was multiplayer. I, that That's really appealing to me. I don't... You know what? Let me look this up, because I don't even know. You asked me a question that I have no idea about. Um... 
Shoot, is it? Pretty damn sure it is, dude. And that's major for me. Because this is, like, exactly the type of game I want for it to be a multiplayer. Mm. Oh, uh, Montreal games will only support two-player online right. co-op. Yeah. So, not all four of them at the same time, but, like, co-op. Like, yeah, two super at least. down for this. I'm saying that because in the co- in the gameplay, it, it felt exactly like that. Gotham Knights is playable either solo or as a two-player online cooperative experience. Okay, so there you go. There's your answer. Yeah, I think with four players, it might be a bit much. It would be a bit muddled, like trying to figure out like what's going on with everybody. Like, mm-hmm. but two players sounds about right. That sounds good. Yeah. So yeah, you can play online or with two people. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. So I'm glad you asked that because I had no idea. <laughs> but doesn't it make the game more appealing? It does. It does. Uh, I usually, when when possible, I prefer just to play on my own solo because I can go on my own pace. Yeah. But having the option for co-op is pretty cool too. So, anyway, so that was one of the. Uh, I think for Suicide Squad because I barely remember. I think I had to step out for. I had to go to the restroom or something. But from Suicide Squad, I just saw like the funny stuff where they had like Killer Shark and uh, and uh, Harley Quinn. Like they were like doing some gags or something. They didn't show gameplay, right? They just show like the trailer, like the cinematic trailer. Yeah, it's just we haven't seen any gameplay for this game. That's I don't know if we should be concerned about it. Troubling, yeah. But it is a Rockstar game, so... Not Rockstar. Rocksteady. No, it's not Rocksteady. It's uh, WB Montreal, I believe, which is a separate studio. Rocksteady's thought... doing the Gotham Knights one, I believe. Wait, no. Thought... No, no, other way around, other way around, yeah, other yeah. way around. You're right, you're right. I'm sorry, you're right. This is Rocksteady. Gotham Knights is the WB Montreal game. Yeah, so we've already seen uh, the gameplay for for Gotham Knights, and it looks great. And I'm pretty confident that uh, that Suicide Squad is going to be great because that actually is a Rocksteady. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry, I had the other way around. Gotham Knights is the is the WB Montreal one, which is like the studio that did the uh, Arkham Origins, mm-hmm. and I think just that one actually. So. You're right. Other way around. You played Origins, right? I've played all the Arkham games. And they feel pretty close? Origins definitely feels different mm-hmm. from the other ones. But ironically enough, that's my favorite one. I love Origins. Okay. I don't know. I think it's mostly just the, that way they have the story set up where like you have like these like eight or whatever like assassins coming after you. It also has like my favorite boss fight of the series, which is when you fight Deathstroke like in person. Mm-hmm. Not like the stupid tank battle that's in Arkham Knight. It's a great battle. Yeah, so. Are you, are you seeing the tank battles the again? The tank was great. Ah, I don't think so. I thought it was lame. How are you going to have like a, a physical opponent like Destro? Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. And like handicap him to or limit him to being like a tank battle. Like I understand that. But you hate on the Batmobile, I think. I do hate on the Batmobile because I hate that. I hate it. So. Anyways, uh, Suicide Squad looks cool. I don't know. That's probably going to be like one of the games I'm not going to play. I'm just not. I'm not really big into the DC property, especially one that doesn't have one of the Bat characters. Like, like Gotham Knights has me interested because I like, I like uh, what you call it, uh, Red Hood and Batgirl and all the other ones. But like, mm-hmm. I'm King uh, King Shark, like De- uh, we call him Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn. Like that doesn't really do it for me. So I'm kind of out on this one. Are you Are you looking forward to that one, John? I am. I think it looks good. Uh, Harley Quinn looks dope in it. They all look dope. The, the question is, 
how are the fuck are they gonna defeat like Superman, right? Kryptonite bullets. <laughs> you think they're just gonna like upgrade and then eventually it's it's that type of thing? I think so. That's like the only feasible way. I mean what Superman's weak to Kryptonite and magic, right? I think it's like his other one is magic is like his weakness also. Do they have like someone who does magic on their team? I don't know. I don't think so. So I can only think of like Kryptonite like bullets. Boomerang the fucking that guy? Like we're supposed to rely on that guy? A crib a kryptonite boomerang, maybe? I don't know. I'm not that interested. Honestly, I'm I'm just going to say I'm not interested in Suicide Squad, like, whatsoever. Outside of the movie, not interested in it. So. All right. Anyways, Johnny, what else do you have? We can't talk about that. Oh, the Batman trailer? Is that the next thing? Yeah, the Batman trailer. What did you think of that? I like it. It looks really cool. It looks really, like, has, like, this weird... It kind of reminds... The tone reminds me of the Joker standalone movie. Where it has like that 60s, 70s kind of like. All right, yeah. With like, there's always like steam rising from the vents of the streets. It has like that kind of gritty. Noir look. Noir, kind of like that gritty noir look. Uh-huh. I like the outfit. I like the Batmobile. I'm not sure about the Riddler yet. I, I'm kind of like, uh, like, we'll see if he can pull off the character. Well, we've only seen the silhouette, right? Yeah. But like, it seems like it's more, it's like, a, it's like an action detective, which is like. Act action like suspense drama kind of movie, which is an interesting take than like compared to like Christopher Nolan's Batman's character or like Ben Affleck's Batman. Like this looks more like a early like like the roster like his like rogues galleries hasn't been built up yet. Like it's just kind of like the early villains kind yeah, of like the, the Batmobile looks like a Thunderbird mm-hmm, with a bit giant like jet engine attached to it or yeah. something. I agree. It looks cool. It looks cool. I'm definitely intrigued. I'm not a huge. Uh... The only con- everything looks good. Uh, nothing looks cheap in the film. Action looks like it's fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. The only concern I have about this is that they have like new characters or very young characters. Oh, is it, isn't it a Catwoman in it too? Right? Yeah, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, she looks great in it too. Except I feel like the dialogue might be a little bit. Uh, Bro, just too young. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Mm. Like the the theme is gonna be like violent, but I, f- I I got a feeling like the dialogue is might be at corny at times. Okay, like kind of a teen type of flick. Really, you got that from that? I yeah. feel like it seems really dark. Like they're going really no, no. edgy with the it. The dark, I think that's there, but the actual dialogue, like the romance, I feel like might be a little bit on the teen side. Mm, okay. But that's it. Oh, yeah, I am looking forward to this. I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I mean, I, my favorite Batman films are the Christopher Nolan trilogy. I feel like those movies are still so so good. I can't decide on. I can't decide. I just rewatched them about like a month ago. Like I saw all three. Like Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight well, Rises. Like, They're on HBO Max. No, no, no but just, why, what separates those films from the rest? I just love everything. I just love how like, Christopher Nolan has like. I love the characters like in the movies, like the Ra's al Ghul with like Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul. Okay. Like the way he trains him, like the whole di- like all the dialogue. That those movies are so quotable to me. You know what the most quotable parts of those films are? What? The corniest parts. Okay. Okay. Sure. There's like Batman's parts. voice. No, I'm not and... talking about his voice. I'm talking about the actual words. No, no, all that is cool. Like the words are cool. The action, the cinematography is great. But the shit that sticks around the most, like the most memeable shit, 
I'm not gonna kill you. Exactly, like Batman's voice. But I don't Bane's have to voice. save you. But aside from that, yeah, they're great films. Want to know how I got these scars? You never said. You never told us. He did. He talks about his dad. Yeah, he gives us like two reasons. He's like my dad. Like, he's like my father was a fiend, and like he talks about like how, you're like what like he like, like put a smile on his face and all that like like by like cutting off like cutting yeah but i think it was uh another reason i forgot what it was he gave us two different like scenarios and like they're like similar but different enough yeah so that's like oh this fucker isn't gonna really tell us how one of the, like the best quotes though like the like, why do we fall mm-hmm. why do we fall johnny bananas to get back up for mario to get back up remember michael kane's character alfred says that why do we fall Mr. Wayne, to get back up. You tell me Bane's not quotable? You yeah, merely, he's quotable. I just don't you know. merely adopted the darkness. I was molded by it. Born in it. Those movies are just so... They're so much fun, John. I said it's just They're so much dope, fun. but I feel maybe it's because it's... Like, it landed closer to an age where you're more impressionable. Well, it was before, like... The first two movies... No, okay. I think only Batman Begins was before the MCU. I think Dark Knight came out 2008. Yeah. And we already had Iron Man and Incredible Hulk by that point. Mm-hmm. And then The Dark Knight Rises came out, I think, the same year Avengers did the first Avengers movie, right? Did The Dark Knight Rises, the one with Bane, come out like 2012, 2013, around there? I don't remember. You don't remember? I think it was 11, but I don't recall. No, it was in 2011. Because we were waiting for that movie for a while. Anyways, the point is, the Christopher Nolan trilogy of Batman movies is like my, my favorite, like, Batman anything. Across all medias. My favorite Batman of anything. Because they're just, there's, it's just so grounded and it makes sense and it's just perfect. Honestly. It is. I do appreciate that, that it is so grounded. Like, the Batmobile is amazing. It's a tank! But, damn, dude, like. Uh, what is it? Like, everything has a purpose. It has, like, armor, like, the the way his wings, like, retract. They have, like, electricity quartz. Like, they, they, like, have memory-shaped foam or whatever it is. Like, everything's explained and, like, it's given, like, it's not just, like, movie, like, random movie logic. It's, like, just because, you know? Yes. But, I mean, if we go, if we go, like, true to comics, the one from the 80s is a lot more accurate. Are you talking about the Michael Keaton one? Yes. Okay. Like, the fucking Batmobile in that one is so like fucking iconic. He's, like, where he can't, like, move his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was, like, because of the tech back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the Batmobile, dude, like, the shit when the wheels open on the sides, then it has, like, little grenades, or I forgot what it was. Oh, I thought, like, when it has, like, that self-protection thing, like, someone that can tamper. That, and then, uh, what's his name? Um... But the tumbler, Johnny, come on, the tumbler? Tum- the tumbler's dope. It turns into a bike it's like Spy Hunter iconic. style? It's not as iconic. It turns into a bike like Spy Hunter does? It's really cool. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's not. Okay. But I feel like that 80s film just hit me like right at the edge. I was like really fucking young. Because I saw it like years after it came out. Okay, this I remember. Uh, I was in Santa Monica at Jeremy's. And then Jeremy's Jeremy. grandma yeah. came. And she's like, here guys, I brought you this. And it was a fucking uh, VHS cassette. And it had the Batman thing. Like, that whole little process for me. Like, holding the cassette with the Batman symbol. And I'm like, what's this? And then I see... <laughs> you don't recognize the Batman symbol? What is no, it? no. And I see it, like, for the first time. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I, and then they pop it in. And that sh- those I'm, like, so young that these are, like, my first impressions of Batman ever. Like, But you knew mm. about Batman before, right? I before, knew Batman before the movies because of the car- animated series. Exactly. Yeah. Like... 
I got those animated series like a little bit later on. Okay. Uh, that first impression was. Anyways, this isn't a Batman podcast, yeah. so let's get back on topic. <laughs> all right, Johnny. So okay, that's all we kind of saw from the DC fan. I mean, we saw the Shazam. Did you see not Shazam? I'm sorry, the Black Adam trailer, the, the teaser. It's kind of lame. I'm kind of intrigued because I want to see more. Anything the Rock does, he does it well. So I'm intrigued. Other than that, that's about it, really. Let's move on to some actual game stuff, Johnny. Because we got that out of the way. Wait, how far are we in? Uh, like twenty-eight something minutes. Damn. Why? No reason. Okay. I was checking the hard drive. I was like, oh, I hope this doesn't like stop on me like last time. But no, we have we have like about four gigs, so we're good. Let's move on to some actual stories, Johnny. Some actual game stuff. Finally. Uh, there's this piece from Kotaku about the Metroid Dread devs. Developers are criticized studio for I'm sorry, Metroid Dread developers criticized studio for not crediting them, Johnny. Now, Johnny, you used to work in architecture stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So you understand that having credits, building a portfolio, all that stuff is extremely important, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of just want you to go into this with that frame, that mentality in mind. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with the opposite. This article written by Ethan Gok. Gak Gok. G-A-C-H. Ethan Gak. I'm gonna go with Gak. Released last week for Nintendo Switch, Metroid Dread has wild critics and players alike. It currently sits at 89 on Metacritic, with some already calling it the best 2D Metroid in the series. Now, some of the developers want to know why they're not mentioned in the credits. Nintendo developed the latest Metroid game in collaboration with Madrid-based studio Mercury Steam, and previous developers there have taken issue with being left out of its section of the game's credits. According to a new report by the Spanish language gaming site Vandal, I would like to sincerely congratulate the Metroid Dread team for putting out such an outstanding game, wrote former Mercury Steam 3D artist Roberto Mejias on LinkedIn on October 12th. I'm not surprised at the quality of the game, though, since the amount of talent on the team was through the roof. I know this firsthand because despite not being included on the game's credits, I was part of that team for eight months. According to his LinkedIn profile, Mejias worked at the studio in 2019, two years prior to the game's release. Still, he writes that while playing the game, I've recognized quite a few assets and environments I worked on, so my work is there. Another former Mercury Steam developer also shared her frustrations of being left out of the game's credits. I am also very proud of the whole team, wrote former 3D character animator Tanya Peranyanda Hernandez on LinkedIn. But it also saddens me to see that I am not reflected in the credits for this work that I did. It has been hard for me to see that they have considered that it should be like this when I keep seeing a lot of animations that I made in every gameplay. Vandal cites a third anonymous source who says they were also left out of the credits, despite working on the game for 11 months. Based on a translation of the article by Kotaku, Mejias also told the site in an email that Mercury Steam financially penalizes employees who give less than 42 days notice before leaving. A representative for Mercury Steam told Vandal that it normally doesn't credit developers who haven't worked on a project for at least a quarter of its production time. Though it does occasionally make exceptions. Mercury Steam and Nintendo did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Video game companies have long been stingy and capricious, I don't know that word, we'll have to look it up, capricious with developer credits, deploying them as a form of punishment or reward depending on the circumstances. The issue came up last month with Deathloop, 
and again last week with the release of Far Cry 6. In some cases, the right credit can be the most valuable part of working on a certain project. Many developers forgo larger salaries for the chance to add a new Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed to their resumes. With the success of Metroid Dread, which is already setting new sales records for the series, a credit would be similarly valuable, in addition to just being the right thing to do. It's unclear if the game will be patched to update the credits or if the contributions of some former Mercury Steam developers will continue to be erased. So again, if you guys want to read that article, it comes from Ethan Gok over at Gotaku. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Give them the clicks. Johnny, so like I mentioned before, right? You you worked in a industry before that is heavily reliant on building a portfolio, mm-hmm. showing what you can do to your clients, right? To kind of like yeah, you're you have to like basically market yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, you're going in the, you your response or your uh, reaction to this is the opposite of what I would actually. No, not exp- the opposite. I'm just you know I'm always like trying to figure out. A different angle of why are they able to do this shit because the obvious thing is like just give them the fucking credit and be done with it right yeah so uh the only thing i can really think of is this company strategy is to avoid some turnover so you know if you stay there for a certain amount of time you're like oh finally i get credit for this fucking work i did okay so like i mentioned in the article about how they use that credit the whole credit credit giving out credit as like a punishment or reward kind of thing right you said it the uh, forty two months or something. Uh no, um, they said that they only give credit to people who have been on the team for at least twenty five percent of the total like production of the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's again that's the only thing reason I could think of why the the company would do that is to retain associates. Okay. So the associates don't take off, and once they realize like fuck, I don't want to work here. Oh, okay. That's that one little thing. That so makes it's not like okay. So it's not kind of just like uh, let me do this one thing and then I'm out and I, I still get full credit kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So aside from like bonuses, uh-huh. it's like hey, also if you don't do this, you don't get this. You know. Mm. So they're kind of doing like the carrot on a stick thing. So it's like like negative incentives to avoid people leaving the company. But what if it's not that though? Like what if like you say like you get like fired or something and it's not your it's not your choice to leave, like you're forced out, like shouldn't you still get credit for what you did? Like even if it's yeah, like only sure. like even if you're only there for like twenty four percent of the production or whatever. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing that, that they should just give credit to them regardless. It's just I I am trying to figure out why the company would do something that. Okay, so you're not saying it's right. You're just trying to explain why they could have, regardless of it's justified or not. Uh Okay, I got you. I got you. I could see that. Yeah, it sounds like, like I mentioned in the Kotaku article how they kind of like, they mentioned that, you know, that it's used as kind of like a punishment, like a penalize and also as a reward, right? Like if you, like they said they make exceptions, right? There's people who leave who they do get credit for, even if they left before the 25% or whatever the arbitrary uh, criteria is, right? Mm -hmm. Like they still, there's exceptions where people do get, you know, recognized. But to know that like, especially in an industry where like, it's a lot about connections and any industry, right? It's about connections. Like you want to have like credit for like, I did, especially like the guy say like, oh, like I saw like backgrounds and assets that I made are in there. So it's like, what? Like why wouldn't, like it's not that hard to just slap an extra name at the end. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example from the position of the company that I remember doing something that uh, wasn't necessarily right. It wasn't immoral, 
but I, I kind of get it. So, uh, when I did architecture, all that stuff, it'd be really tough to get like credit for your stuff, right? So, if you're leaving the company, the company, yeah, they love you. They take you out to eat. They're all cool with you, etc. right? But the higher-ups, when they cut you off, when you say, hey, uh, I'm going to leave in two weeks, whatever, and on, like, on your last day, on the last couple weeks that you're still there, it's really hard to pull data out. So it'd be really tough to like pull a blueprint, print a blueprint so you can show to the company that you're going to oh, go to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I hear about this about developers too where like if like a, you get like fired or whatever and then like all of a sudden like your login credentials don't work at like that day. Yeah, like, it'd be it was sort of like that, and it's because they don't they're afraid of like losing assets to like competitors or whatever. Yeah, like uh, in my companies, I couldn't just like take a, a drive and be like, "Hey, this is the fucking day. This is like the blueprint I worked on right here. Mm -hmm. Like you could pull it up, and I could show you, and I could move shit around and prove to you that I did right. Right. So anything digital, they're not gonna let me pull out. The easiest thing to pull out is maybe sections of a blueprint, and not not the whole fucking project, of course. Right. Just like, hey, there, here's some elevations, here's some red lines I took care of, etc. right? So I get that when they, they lock you out. But when early on, when I was doing this architecture and all that, I'd go to a company and I'd be introduced to like maybe these concepts or this work style, this, this, uh, this pipeline that I did not fucking understand. Mm -hmm. And being new to it, or I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I'd be there working on things for like maybe a couple weeks, a couple months, because these were like contract uh, projects. Mm -hmm. And then I'd take off, or they'd cut me because they're like, hey, uh, project is just done. Like, we don't need you no more. Right. Just, like, so you don't contract. have like full access because you're not like a, like a full employee kind of thing. Yes, but what I'm saying is I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I can't just walk out of there and be like, I worked on this and that and that and that. I was just getting paid, mm -hmm. but I wasn't really being productive towards the project. Okay. So the amount of credit that I would get is like, it's just not fair. Like, yeah, I should get some some credit, but it's not, like, the productivity was not substantial enough to be like, I made this thing. Yeah, because you, know? you weren't, you didn't know what the, like, if you got released or finished, you wouldn't even recognize, like, what it was that you did. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a very specific, like, circumstance, though, right? Yeah, but I could see it happen to so many people if they're just very new to, to the, like, Industry. workflow of the, of the company. Okay. I kind of get that. I mean... Yeah, it was a long way to say what I was trying to say, but... I I think it I needed get, a lot of context. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Just because, like you said, like you don't know, like you like you're just doing what you're kind of told. You're not taking any like creative, like like you're not g giving room to exercise your full like creativeness, right? You're kind of just doing like by the numbers, like this, this, and this. Yeah. So you're feeling like it, like it'd be nice if you're creative, but you're not gonna raise a stink over it because like in the end, like it wasn't something. Yeah, that, it's back, nothing that you can really show for yourself that you did. Looking back in some of the projects. Uh, they would bring me in because the project was a disaster and I would start designing stuff and putting lines here and all this stuff, right? But then I think back to some of those things and I'm like, did I just... Did I just make more of a mess? Like, it's like getting a fucking piece of yarn and you're working on it and now the fucking mess is just greater, right? Yeah. It's just more shit to, like, turn in and out. And like, well, I did the work so and you just leave. <laughs> yeah, so... For, for somebody that's very inexperienced, I could see why they they kind of do the 25% thing. Because mm -hmm. after that 25, 
percent, which is arbitrary. They can kind of just say like, you know what, he's been here long enough. We we can kind of see the the value of his work here. So. Right. But in this case, in this specific case, like we have two people who came out and said like, no, like our stuff, like I recognize what I did is in the game, like, so it's a slightly different experience, I guess you could say, because like they can well, actually you can probably see, like if it's a full on animation that yeah, like, like she said the animations she did and the guy for the other guy for the woman it was the animations for the guy it was the assets the art assets, the backgrounds he said. Uh, okay. And for the woman, it was like, oh, the actual anime. I think I don't know if it was the character or maybe the enemies, but the animations. She says, oh, like I worked on that. Like she can point to it. So, I mean, in the end though, it's not that hard. Like, what do you lose by just slapping the name in at the end of the credits? Like just tossing it in there. Like it's not a big deal. It's really not a big deal. It, it's uh, it means the world to them, and like nothing to like the developer to the studio. Yeah, because I could say like, uh, it it I don't feel like it means anything to the studio because. If you give them credit and you let them go, that associate's gonna, that next company is gonna deal with them. You're not dealing with them anymore. Yeah. So, like, I, don't worry about like what happens after. Like, just you know, just say like, yep, like they part. It's like when you get a reference like letter from like a, like your previous employer. It's like, like yeah, they were great while they were here. Uh, I had a good time with them. Like here, like yeah, they're good. And that's it. Like whether or not that's true, like it doesn't matter now. You're kind of just you're just passing it on, right? Yeah, that's why I feel like it's more of a turnover strategy. Yeah. But anyways, it sounds like that's something that does happen in other studios I've heard. Like the what you said about like where like you'll find out that day like your luck cut or whatever and like you try to like, okay, let me pull like what I've done so far as just like add to my portfolio and it's like, oh, you lost the credentials or access to it. Mm-hmm. Like that does happen a lot. Or sometimes they have like the NDA thing, like the non-disclosure agreement where like you could have worked on something and like they'll never and no one will ever find out just because it never came out like the game never gets released or something happens but you put like work into it then that work is just gone it's lost because like you can't reveal you can't publicly state i worked on this game that doesn't exist but when they say credits it's like when credits roll is that where yeah, they want to yeah. say their name yeah I, okay <laughs> he's like all confused like okay <laughs> i said johnny all right, let's move on to something a little more interesting, Johnny. I mean, that's interesting, but, you know, that's just, I don't know how to do a proper segue, so we're just going to go to the next story. This article comes from IGN, written by Logan Plant, a name I can pronounce, like, perfectly, Logan Plant. Steam bans blockchain games that issue NFTs or cryptocurrency, but Epic Games is okay with them. Uh, let's see, there's a big update. Should I read the update first or just read the story? Just go for the update. Okay, update. This was the 15th of October, so it was like two days ago. Epic Games has come out in support of blockchain technology so along as they follow the relevant laws, according to CEO and founder Tim Sweeney. Hours after it was reported, Steam would ban blockchain games. uh, I'm sorry, blockchain-backed games that offer NFT and cryptocurrency. Epic Games has taken the opposite stance and said that they are open to blockchain-based games. In a tweet, Sweeney says, quote, Epic Games Store will welcome games that make use of blockchain tech, provided they follow the relevant laws, disclose their terms, and are age rated by an appropriate group. Sweeney says that Epic will not be using crypto in its own games, but welcomes, quote, innovation in the areas of technology and finance, end quote. 
and there's like the actual tweet, like the picture of the tweet. Sweeney did tweet in September that Epic won't touch NFTs as the whole field is current or quote as the whole field is currently tangled up with an intricate, intricable, intractable. I'm sorry, I can't. I'm like tripping here. Tangled up with an intractable mix of scams, interesting decentralized tech foundations, and scams. So he says scams twice in the same tweet. End quote. Still, Sweeney seems to maintain that Epic itself will not be incorporating crypto into its own games and reaffirmed that the technology itself is a utility whether or not a particular use of it succeeds or fails. The original story says games that feature blockchain technology that allows for the exchange of NFTs or cryptocurrency will no longer be allowed on Steam. According to a new rule on Steam's partner onboarding page, Valve says distributors shouldn't publish, quote, applications built on blockchain technology that issue or allow exchange of cryptocurrencies or NFTs, end quote. Age of Rust, a game that involves players collecting in-game NFTs, says Steam informed them that they're kicking, quote, all blockchain games off the platform, including Age of Rust, because NFTs have value. Uh, going on. NFTs stand for non-fungible token, and they are digital assets that are sold and bought online. NFTs can take many forms, but they have become increasingly popular as digital art. Artists can create a piece of digital artwork, register it as an NFT, and sell a limited number of them. You can think of it as building a collection of paintings, trading cards, or other collectibles only in the digital space. In video games, NFTs could take the form of in-game collectibles, skins, and more. According to Age of Rust, Steam doesn't want to allow items on the platform that can have real-world value. Okay, that kind of actually makes sense now that I think about it. Cause a lot of online games have like this thing where like you can't like sell in-game currency for like real game currency. Like you're not allowed to like sell mm-hmm. in-game assets within the game. Because some people like China has a lot of people that like they do the thing where um, like if there's like an MMO, like they can like sell you in-game currency. Like you can just transfer between characters. Mm-hmm. But like the real world companies want to crack down on that because then like that kind of messes with the game's in-game economy and stuff like that. So. Uh, back to the article, though. According to Age of Rest, Steam doesn't want to allow items on the platform that can have real-world value. IGN has reached out to Val for comment, and we will update the article when we hear back. So that was the updates in the beginning are that, of what they uh, talked about. That's the end of the article. Johnny, how do you... Because we were talking about this earlier, right? We were talking about how, like, not all cryptocurrencies are, like, solid, right? A lot of them are kind of memes. Or there you go. You use that term. Um, we... I, I kind of, now that I've actually read, because I just saw the headline, I'm like, this sounds interesting. But now that I've read the entire story, it actually makes perfect sense. Like I mentioned, a lot of MMOs, a lot of online games, they try to keep real world economics out of the in-game economics just because it throws the entire balance of power off. I remember, let me give you a story real quick. I remember when I first started playing Final Fantasy XIV mm-hmm. online, there's a there's an in-game market because there's like different classes, right? There's like jobs, there's like alchemists, blacksmiths, or whatever. But there is like a class in the game that like they're the ones that provide the raw materials. So in the game, you can be a miner, like uh, you mine like iron ore, bronze ore, uh, tin. Like you can uh, you can iron. I'm sorry, you can mine like the actual like resources in the game for the other people in the game to use, whether they're blacksmiths, alchemists, whatever, right? Yeah. So you can sell, there's like a marketplace in the game where you can sell like the raw ore that you like mine out of the rocks and stuff. And so what they have in the system is because in other games, they have a similar system. 
the people who were selling the ores actually started to like work together to like price fix like the is this all self-contained in the game yes or does it it never goes online like to a website kind of like a black market i think wow they used to be able to do that so what they do in some mmos is like somebody in the game will like spam the chat for everybody and it's like hey like we can sell you like because you can transfer in-game currency to other characters you can pay them or whatever and it's like hey like we'll we'll give you like a million gold and you give us like 10 bucks like 10 real dollars that's what I'm saying. So at some point it goes offline into a website or PayPal where there's like a ledger of who bought what. Yes. All right. So in Final Fantasy, okay, so in some games, like they have this thing where they have like price fixing, right? Which in real life is super illegal. It's basically, uh, colla- uh, we call it, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? They have like the price fixing. Is that the word I'm thinking of? No, there's another word, right? I don't know what else they're looking for. Uh, it's that movie with Matt Damon where he's like working with like the, the companies that sell like syrup or something. Do you remember that one? Just sounds like price fixing. Anyways, like they do like the price floors and price ceiling stuff, that mm-hmm. stuff. And they can, um, in some games like wow. And some other ones, like people, like the people who are in charge of selling the resources got together and start to conspire. They conspire. I'm sorry. Conspiracy okay. conspire. And they actually agreed all upon like the like the bare minimum they were gonna sell the stuff for, and eventually it came across that like you know they were kind of because ex- the rest of the oh, game so the ore is finite in the game. Only the people who mine the game, only the people who mine the ore can sell it. Uh-huh. It's not finite. It actually, you can mine forever. Okay. But the people who are providing, who are selling it on the market in the in-game market. Oh, so they'll kind of hoard it. No, they just decide to all sell it on the... Because you have to buy it directly through the market. But you can set the prices through the market, like each individual person who sells their ore. Now, in true capitalistic function, you're supposed to try to sell it... You know, you want to sell yours a little bit less than the next guy so like people could buy your ore, yeah, right? Yeah. But if they're all talking to each other, they can all agree, like, why are we competing against each other? We can just set the price that benefits all of us. So they're like price fixing. So what they did was like they all agreed to like set like a certain price and then all of a sudden like all the other players in the game were complaining like oh like i can't make that much stuff because i have to i have to now they have to mine their own fucking ore some people don't want to do that though because that part of the game is kind of boring for some people but they basically mining in the game for me it's fun for me i like it because like i get experience and i sell that stuff and i get the money and i use it to like make my i can switch jobs to being like a blacksmith and now i have like my own ore i don't have to buy because i mined it myself Yeah, yeah so the point is a lot of these games have this thing where you it's against the game's rules to sell in-game currency like through using a out like a third party or outside of the game okay so steam doing this thing where it's like we're blocking like blockchains and like nfts and cryptocurrency because they already see the potential of like where this will end up going eventually mm-hmm. where people like can if you have nfts and cryptocurrency it's like it's not too much of a stretch to be like okay let me take the stuff i got from this game and sell it in real life to somebody else playing the game mm-hmm. so not that surprising i think i kind of explained it sort of but the whole point this to me seems pretty standard i'm kind of surprised that epic games though on the other hand is kind of like like no we'll take it in like yeah bring your cryptocurrency games and all that stuff over here like we're interested like as long as it's legal and everything's like you know in the in the you know uh we call that in the red everything's like you know kosher and clean like well yeah. what do you think john what do you think about this you think this is like the 
do you have any opinion on the like the merging of like real world economics and video games or do you think it's just kind of like a non-starter i'm just not sure because from the company's point of view it makes sense that you don't want somebody to wreck the standards that you've already set in your game right? throw off the imbalance yeah yeah so that makes sense i don't think they're being like malicious by not accepting crypto because a lot of mmos they have like not cracked down and when they throw off the game's like economic balance in game you mm-hmm. lose players and then your game gets like people just don't play your game anymore and it gets shut down so yeah because i mean the company's gonna have a certain standard of how they want their system to function right but i can see with that many people on the service there could be like a couple that are just fucking renegades and don't abide the same abide by the same rules right mm-hmm. so i wouldn't want that either like i it feels kind of like the thing where where you're playing a video game and then you have you have like a PlayStation player and then you have a PC player and the PC player is using all these fucking hacks. Right. Right? It feels yeah. that way. When you're doing like the cross play stuff yeah. and people on, on mouse and keyboard automatically have an advantage just of how yeah, that works. Yeah, so if there's the people trading the crypto and NFTs and the other person's just there to enjoy the game, it's like, what are these other motherfuckers doing? Without right? jumping through the hoops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I could see it being unfair to a couple other players. Mm-hmm. Probably to the majority of the players. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, especially with a lot of like the MMOs being like pay to win, like it's just really bad. So, yeah. All right. Sounds like we're both in agreement for once. <laughs> yeah, because that also feels like I, I kind of lost my point for a second, but it, let me see. It also kind of feels like, uh, oh, like crypto, right? So you'd think, yeah, you want crypto everywhere. You so want everybody to start adopting crypto, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily want crypto everywhere, right? Because we don't want crypto in the drug trade, right? Right. So there's some places where it's like, nah, this just kind of doesn't belong here. And this might be one of those instances. Make sense? No, yeah, yeah, I get it. I was just thinking of, um, I was trying to see if there's another word for price fixing I'm trying to think of. I'm like, is it just price fixing? I think there's like another like slang term for it, isn't it? And I can't, I still can't find it. So I'm going to, I feel like it's floating in my head, and I'm like, I'm reaching for it too. I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Price fixing synonym. I'm gonna look for synonyms and see if I can find it that way. Cause it's it's one of those things where if I don't know the word, it bothers me until I figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's see, synonyms for price fixing. I'm going for restraint, price freeze, credit squeeze, economic pressure, valorization. Nope. You know what? Forget it. I'm not gonna find it. Anyway, so Johnny, that was our last uh, major story for this past week. Johnny, what have you been playing? Wait, are we done? Wait a minute. Yeah. That's... Oh, wait. I wanted to ask you, since I saw the Black Widow, what you think of that? Oh, the, the Marvel's Black Widow? Yes. I thought it was okay. Uh, it's not the worst. It's definitely not the best in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 25 plus Marvel movies, I think it's probably like somewhere in the middle. Or at least, like, lower two-fifths of the... It's in the lower end. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but it really didn't do much for me. And I think it's kind of like in that awkward spot where because it's a movie that really should have came out after Civil War, but it came out, like, to, like, after Endgame when everything's said and done. Like, because you, know you, know you know what happens to Black Widow, so... Yeah. A lot of, like, the... A lot of, like, the hits or, like, the big reveals in the game... I'm not sorry, not in the game, in the movie, just don't really land... I guess. I don't know. Okay, there was some. Okay, it was gonna be like a short review, but I thought the banter between her and her sister was really good, right? It all felt natural. 
Oh, like when like the table at the at the dinner table scene. Like I love that scene. Which one? Like where her mom's like 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 straight like stop slouching. She's like I'm not slouching, and she's like oh does, like, that shit yeah that, that was and, like, cool. The little banter like where like it's like we were never a real family, and she's like I thought like it wasn't real to me or whatever. Yelena says. Yeah, that was cool, and then that plot twist was pretty great because you kind of saw it right. It's like hey, they meet their their mother. They're at the house. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't want to get too many spoilers, but. There's that plot twist where you know, like, what the mother's gonna do, and the mother ends up doing that. But then there's a plot twist to that, right? Like, with the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about the fake out. Yeah. Yeah, the fake out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was great. Uh, the Red Guard, whatever. The Red Guardian? I thought it was really lame. I thought he actually made the movie, like, funnier than what it would have been otherwise. He's clearly, like, the comic relief, but. I thought like he was sincere. Like he had some moments where he was like very sincere. Where like he's like, "Oh, my girls are tough," and like like I don't know. I thought the, the bits where he's like, "Oh, like does he talk about me?" Like who? It's like you know, like does Captain America like talk about me? Line. Like yeah, he he feels like his concept. He's like really his contemporary. Like yeah, uh huh. And it's like it's like they, like he doesn't even like know. Yeah, Scarjo is like he doesn't give a fuck about you, right? <laughs> or no she's upset she's like are, are you seriously like asking me this yeah like, after like, like all these years like that's like what you're gonna ask me like it's like something yeah. that's not important yeah the villain was alright a l- little generic but pretty good right mm-hmm. uh he's got control of the widows um what did you think about like that opening though with like the opening with like the with the with the zombie song and everything like in your head zombie song yeah. wasn't that the song when they opened it how did it open again I don't remember but it's like when it shows like it's like a montage like the credits are montage after they fly away on the plane and they land in Cuba and then you get like that montage of like her like being raised and trained in the red room and all that stuff like, yeah I remember that and it's like with the trait with like the like it's like a montage of scenes and it's like playing to that song and it's like kind of like the intro where they do like the credits and everything and but, I thought it was a really good intro, honestly. Okay, okay. <laughs> there were some parts that really took me out of the fucking film. They were just annoying, and they're like attention to detail type of stuff. You remember when the sister and and Scarjo they go into the subway? Oh, how did they get up there? But yeah, okay, yeah. Well, the blood leads to like the manhole, right? Where they were hiding for like two weeks. That yeah. Part. Yeah. The part that was annoying there is uh, when Taskmaster. Throws a fucking shield down the escalator, right? And it just hits keeps the going. Fucking, yeah, yeah, well, no, no, that's fine. It bounces off, it keeps going, and it hits one of the beams, right? Uh huh. And then you see Taskmaster coming down the escalator, and everybody's just looking back, and they're all chill. Like, obviously, like, they recorded some shit, uh-huh. and then they, like, uh, superimposed all this other action shit. But the people are so fucking calm. And then everybody's getting into the subway train. Uh-huh. And they're all chilling. Like, Taskmaster just does not exist. Like, that whole action sequence never fucking happened. There's nobody screaming. There's nobody running. That's like after the car crashes down there, right? And stuff. Right? Uh, a they crash into, the su- into like that little subway entrance. That's where they got the car. Oh, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that too. It's like... That's weird. They cr- the, the whole ass fucking car crashes onto the escalator and then when taskmaster comes through it's all clean it's all pristine mm-hmm. so that little shit is annoying it really takes me really takes me out of the phone 
Um, and then Taskmaster, what did you feel about being a, a female? I like, I like the callbacks, like some of the characters, like when he does like the swinging, like Spider-Man, he does like the landing pose, like Black Widow. Yeah, he does the Tala sh- uh, Blades. Yeah, the, the, the... There wasn't enough of that at all. He does like the Captain America shield thing, obviously. Yeah, but for being the Taskmaster, that shit barely showed up. That was a new yeah. one, it was not. He does the Hawkeye with the bow thing. Like, he does a little bit of like every character, but it's like... A lot of them are like kind of like you wouldn't know it unless you like you paid really really close attention. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't care for the actual identity with Taskmaster. I thought that was like a that was kind of dumb. Right. But Taskmaster like before up until that point was pretty cool. It was cool. I really don't like that it was a female, just because that's not Taskmaster. I don't care about it not being a female. I just it's like a very unremarkable character. That it was a child of. Yeah. That and it's like, oh man, like now they can't like bring back Tass Faster proper, like for future stuff. That's what I mean. So, how That's are they gonna most... go with a traditional, like, uh, true to the comic if this is just Taskmaster? Like, yeah, well, I mean, Taskmaster was always like a B tier, like, character anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. I guess they're not gonna pay much attention to him, exactly. So, it's like, whatever. All right, let's move on. Uh, what am I playing? I'm still playing GT, enjoying the game. Uh, Maybe 25% of the game yeah. is complete. Uh, just collecting cars, dude. I almost have everything I, I want as far as vehicles go. Mm-hmm. But the other vehicles that I want, which is maybe like 10 of them, they're fucking expensive. They're like 3 million, 1 million. And right now I only have like a million and a half. Is that pretty accurate for like real life? Like are they a million dollar cars in real life? Uh. Well, I haven't checked the number of all of those vehicles. But yeah, in, in general, they'll have like... A the cars that you're going to just go roll into the lot and just drive out with, right? Wow, they're, they're fucking pricey. Not in this lifetime. Like one of the cars I want is a Zonda and it costs $3 million. And it looks Did you say a Zonda? Yeah. Is that like a knockoff Honda? It's an... Ex- it's, uh, I guess it qualifies as an exotic, but it's it's like an exotic race car. Okay, but is it a they Honda have, car? Or no? no, it's not. Oh. It just sounds like it. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Zonda. That yeah. sounds funny. Um, yeah, so I'm enjoying the car. Looking forward even more to GT7. So you're just still playing Gran Turismo 6? I'm just focused on that. Okay. I can't criticize you for that because that's the only thing you've been playing, right? Yeah. Okay. This is why the uh, Game Pass is shit to me. <laughs> Because, okay, and prepare for me to gush about playing Persona 5 Royal for the next few minutes. <laughs> I didn't want you to, like, immerse yourself too much in it, but I want to hear it. Go ahead. I am, at this point, I am 56 hours into the game. That's not crazy. Okay. It's not crazy. I, I'm i in love with this game, Johnny, honestly. Damn it. I didn't think I was going to like it. You know what? The first seven hours of the game are such a slow burn mm-hmm. and it's kind of, it's still doing like the here's the tutorial here's another tutorial here's another tutorial kind of stuff mm-hmm. once you get past like the first boss battle of the game the first palace is what they're called mm-hmm. which is like about 10 hours into the game yeah the rest of the game just like falls into place and clicks okay like the best way to explain this game Johnny, and i think you're gonna like this imagine if you combine harry potter with inception that's what the premise of Persona 5 Royal is. Does that sound interesting what at all? part of Harry Potter? The school life part. Okay. And your friends, your teammates are your friends from like school. So not like the magic shit. No, not the magic stuff. Right. But, but the gameplay and the story is very much like Inception. Like the movie Inception. Okay. 
So, let me explain the premise to you. So, in Persona 5 Royal, I think this goes for most of the Persona games. I could be wrong. I know Persona 4 kind of does the same thing. In Persona 5 Royal, the, your main character, he's just... He's guilty of a crime he didn't commit. He's a teenager, though. Like, he, like, inf- inter- he inter- interrupted a woman getting raped by a guy. Okay. Now, the guy that was doing the raping is a very prominent politician. So when, like, he, like, breaks up the fight, supposedly he hurts the guy or whatever, like, while he's, like, trying to rape the woman. And, like, the fit, the police show up, and because he's, like, a prominent politician, like, he convinces the woman, like, like, hey, like, when the cops show up, like, if you don't want to lose your job, you're going to agree, side with me, like, in front of the kid or whatever. And so they, they say, like, oh, like, he hurt this guy or whatever. Like, they were just talking, and, like, he, like, beat him up or something like that. And so the kid gets expelled from school. He's forced to move to, like, another part of the country, another part of Japan, to live with, like, a family friend who, like, runs a cafe or whatever. Once he gets there, he's kind of, you know, he's, like, an outsider. He's not part of the area, whatever. He's not part of Tokyo. That's where he, he lives in Tokyo now. And then he runs into a classmate, his new classmate for the school. And before they get to the school, they get transported into, like, an alternate dimension version of the school. And when they're in the school, this alternate dimension, it's like a castle or whatever, then he awakens like this like special power. Like it can only be awakened if you're in that like dimension. Okay. And he gets something called a persona, which is basically like the the men like the kind of like the mental equivalent of like kind of like a pet or like a spirit sort of. Mm-hmm. They grants you like powers and stuff like that. So he has like the, it's kind of like this creature that's like bound to him, sort of. Think of like Ghost Rider, or like, or no, think of it more like Venom. Think of it more like a symbiote kind of thing. Uh, something like this anime I saw. I'm trying to remember. Where each each person has like their own variant of this persona. They're like that's the name of the game, obviously persona. But they're like think of him as like a like a spiritual symbiote. Like one of the phrases in the game is "I am, uh, I am thou, thou art I," and that's like one. It's like. When you get a new persona, like they do, like a like you form like a pact kind of thing. Hold on, let me guess. In parts of the game, your persona fights another persona. Yes. Yeah, I've seen an anime that it's very similar. It's it's like Pokemon. Honestly, this is like Pokemon. If you if you like made the Pokemon like as aspects of like your mind kind of thing, like uh-huh. like Inception. Yeah. Anyway, so they they get transported out of the. They get transported out of the out of the castle dimension, whatever, and they back in the real world. Yeah. In the real world, there is people of influence who are like they're like evil, right? Like the first boss is the PE teacher. Yeah. You don't physically fight the actual PE teacher; you fight the PE teacher's mind in the in inside his mind. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like Inception, you know, like where Inception, like the whole idea is to go into people's dreams. Yeah. And then whatever happens in the real world affects the dreams and vice versa. Yeah. In Persona, going into a person's heart, a lot like if someone's like really evil, if you can steal the treasure of their heart, it, it's kind of like an inception where like that person's personality changes. Mm-hmm. So if you can go into the heart of a corrupted person and like steal their treasure, usually the treasure is like, that's where like the boss battle happens. Yeah. If you can successfully steal their treasure. Then you completely like purge them of like their evil like like dark desires or whatever, mm-hmm. and they become like a good person or at least they become a repentant person, right? So the whole point of the game, like I kind of like spoiling like the first ten hours, but obviously the first ten hours is really just the intro of the game, and so as you go into you're diving into the minds of these different people who all have like 
dark desires. Like the first character, like the PE teacher, like he sexually and physically abuses the students. And so like you're, you pissed him off in the real world and he's going to try, he threatens your character with like getting expelled. So when you find out, like you find you have like a little cat guide. It's weird. It's, it gets weird. It's like super Japanese. You have like a little cat guide. They tells you like, Hey, like if you don't want to get expelled, then you're gonna have to convince, you know, the PE teacher to like drop the charges against you. Like if you want to do that, you have to steal the treasure of his heart to like reset him or whatever. To purge him of like the evilness or whatever. Yeah. So you and your classmate, you you kind of do like the Inception thing. We're like, okay, we're going to dive into his heart. And like, you know how in Inception, like the, the guy has like those, like the, the figments that fight back with the guns. The figments? The figments of his, remember like how the guy's trained, right? Kind of like artifacts that tell you. No, not, the, not, you're thinking of the totems. I'm talking about like remember like how they find out like oh like his like his consciousness is fighting back. I actually don't remember that. Remember Inception like the the NPCs I guess you could call them the ones with the guns like the military guys that show up the security. Uh huh. Like they're not they're not real they're figments of the dream. Uh huh. The same thing with with the persona like when you go into somebody's heart like their heart has like subconscious like defense systems. Yeah. And those are like the monsters and stuff like you encounter and stuff like that. Okay. And so, anyways, you steal you steal his heart. Basically, you steal the treasure of his heart. That makes him a like repentant. He decides to not expel you. He com- he like confesses his crimes and you know gets go- taken to prison. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what happens is like every time you do that to somebody else who's like evil, like the the news agencies and even like the governments of Tokyo start to notice like, hey, like something's going on. Like these people who are like confessing like all these crimes out of nowhere, like no one changes their personality just out of nowhere. Like something's going on. So that, that's like the main story in the background is like, they're, they're trying to figure out like, who are these phantom thieves? These guys who are like making these people change their like ways. And at the same time, there's like somebody who like opposes you. Who's kind of like the, like the, uh, like, like he questions, he's a detective and he's like the main, not the main villain. I would say, but he's like the main opposing force early on where he's like, okay, like just because they can change people's hearts doesn't mean they have like the right to change the heart. So he's kind of like the the James Jonah J- James Jonah Jameson to like your Spider-Man in a way. We're like, yeah, they're doing good things, but they don't have like the legal authority to do good things kind of thing. He's like the, the media guy who's kind of like against you or whatever. Anyways, that's like the inception part I'm talking about is like that. When you're not doing like the combat stuff, like you're living like your actual like school life. This is the part where I say it reminds me of like Harry Potter. Cause like while you're like by night, you're like this like vent that you're like pulling off like these missions and like changing like the social landscape of like where you live and stuff. Mm-hmm. During the day, you're like a student and you have to do like, you have to study, you have to build your relationships with your friends and stuff. Like, Oh, like so-and-so wants to go out for a date. It's like, Oh, so-and-so is a party member. So if you go on this date, like at the end of the day, you're gonna get like you're gonna upgrade your relationship with this character, and like oh now like next time you fight, like there's like a small percent chance that they'll also like do an extra attack after you attack kind of thing. Okay. So the game has like this like feedback loop system where like the things you do outside of combat also aid you in combat, kind of thing. Is this mostly um, a uh, what is it called a visual novel? No, it's a JRPG. But there is visual novel aspects to it. The one criticism I will give the game is, besides it being really long, is the pacing is really way off. Because there is an in-game like calendar. 
Okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Does it? Does a lot of it just feel like filler? Yes, it's filler, but it's fun filler. It's not just like fetch mission type of thing. No, there's no fetch missions whatsoever. Okay. It's mostly like you have a certain amount of like time in the day. How do you want to spend that time to get the most benefit from it? Mm-hmm. So like for let me give you an example. So you wake up early in the morning, right? You get up like there's a school. The game is based on like a school schedule where like Monday through Friday and then like weekends and whatever. Yeah. So like you get up on a morning, you go to class on the way to class. Like you're on the subway. If you have a book with you, you can read the book. And if you, if you read a book that you haven't finished yet, you'll get like stat points for it. Like a certain book about like, there's a book about Zoro that my character's reading. And when he finishes the book, like his, like his, like a, uh, his charm level will like increase or whatever. Hold on. So you're willing to do a book simulator, but not a walking simulator for Death Stranding. It's not a book simulator. Cause you're kind of, your character reads it, but like, it takes like 10 seconds. All right. So he's read, like he'll read the book or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. Like I, I, one of my stats has improved because I read the book on the way to school. Okay. Then you get to school and like, you know, the school day kind of skips forward because it's like really long anyway. So like in real life, like it kind of skips forward. But then there'll be like a part where like a teacher will ask you like a random question. And if you get the answer correct, then your knowledge skill increases. Mm -hmm. If you get it wrong, then nothing happens. But the game gives you like options to like everything you do outside of combat affects your abilities in combat. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of it is just wasted time. Like, all of it is something that's going to benefit you in some way. Whether you're, like, if you study, your knowledge stat increases, and then that affects you with, like, your ability to, like, talk to other people and stuff. Mm -hmm. If you choose to go hang out with your friends, like, you go to the arcade, you're, like, improving your bond with the character. Like, all of a sudden, like, in combat, like, if you, like, tag team or whatever, like, tap out or whatever, like, there's, like, benefits now to combat. Yeah. So like everything is interconnected, even though it seems like separated and like compartmentalized, everything is like interconnected in some way. How old is this game? Huh? How old is this game? Uh, the original Persona Five came out like three years ago. I'm playing. Oh, really? I'm playing like the the definitive like DLC complete version that came out a year ago. So you're gonna do the the real ending? Yes. What, what was that? 110 hours the base game the regular version of the game is about 110 hours i'm playing with the complete stuff and all the scenarios and everything the version i'm playing runs for about like 135 140 so it's like an extra remember we talked about this last time i was like it's like an extra game attached to it kind of yeah it's not like the hours aren't crazy like mass effect i remember doing a i'm pretty sure if i did the mass effect trilogy it would last longer no, yeah, but persona. like Mass Effect three or two, I think I put like a hundred and ten hours in just the main campaign. Well, there you go. And even more on the fucking multiplayer. There you go. But for like a story, I can see like yeah, a hundred hours, whatever. Uh-huh. Like if you're really enjoying it. But I feel like this is a type of game which, it sounds to me like, it's not like high octane type of stuff, right? No, absolutely so not. So that's like fuck a hundred hours. But the story is so good, Johnny. Like. I'm talking about, I know it sounds like it's like long and, and it is long. That's one of my grabs for the game is it's very long, but like there is nothing that feels like wasted filler except for like some of the stuff or like, like, okay. For example, one of the funny things that's in the game is like enemies will drop armor, right? Yeah. But the armor is like dirty. So you have to take it in real life to the laundromat in the real world <laughs> to wash the armor 
and then you find out like what at what the armor actually is like if it's good or bad okay but like that takes up a segment of your day everything takes up a segment of your day so you have early morning morning and then like if it's a school day you have afternoon lunch after school evening every day is divided into that some days like you'll do an activity and it'll literally last you the entire day and which you skip that day altogether all right, so so you, there's a limited amount of time for you to do like level grinding. There's a limit to how much you can do in the game because of time constraints. So if you're a developer and you try to finance this game, what is your pitch for the game? I would go with Harry Potter. I just told you Harry Potter meets Inception. That's it. That's your whole pitch. That's basically what it is. All right. Because like even some of the characters who like you don't like early on, yeah. like you warm up to them later on and they become like your allies, like. Like, like they'll join your party like later on like there's a character who i do not like but she ends up like joining us by accident like the circumstances like she gets pulled into the world with us when she wasn't supposed to okay and so because she's like reluctantly part of the team like the one of the enemies targets her and like right when they target her that's like when her persona awakens and stuff all right does this feel at all like a telltale game mm, no 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 the closest it feels that way is like when somebody in the game will ask you hey like do you want to hang out and it's like oh, i was planning on doing something else like i was going to train like a different like skill this this evening or something it's like <laughs> like oh, i probably should hang out this character though because i they don't often always like ask you out and then when yeah. they do ask you out if you agree then you get more stat points than usual from hanging out with them okay so the game does this thing where it's like it wants you to use your time, like manage your time, like properly. Like, are you gonna invest in like becoming a better student, like by studying and like, right. or are you gonna be like, are you gonna slack off and improve like your charm and like go play mini games, which also like boost your stats in different ways? And it's like, oh, are you gonna neglect certain characters because you can't hang out with everybody? Mm-hmm. There's only certain. Like right now, I'm hanging out like I'm building my bond with like your best friend who you start off with the game with. Yeah. And like the the like unlicensed uh pharmacist down the street because she's really cool Mm. like but she gives you benefits like if you hang out with the pharmacist she gives you deals on like medicine in the game for like healing yourself yeah and she also like one of the other things is like um she her what she offers to sell improves like the items she the quality of items like i got to the point where like i'm like um have like rank five or it's like out of ten but like your relationship like with her mine is like rank five out of ten and because of that, like, she just, like, offers new, like, items for sale. They're, like, really, really good quality items. So, like, everything you do outside of combat or outside of, like, d- diving into, like, the hearts of people, like, feeds back into the loop of, like, it improves, like, other aspects of the game for you. Hmm. And it's you trying to manage that time, like, properly. Like, what are you going to... Outside of the combat, the fun part is trying to figure out, like, what are you going to do with your time? Because, like, days pass by... And then, like, you know how I tell you, like, you have to, like, complete, like, bosses, right? Yeah. There's a time limit. There's a certain amount of days you have to complete the boss. Yeah. And if you don't defeat the boss by the end, it's game over. So you have, like, a limit, a hard limit. Like, you have two weeks to get into the heart and steal the treasure or whatever while still juggling your school life outside. And so, like, everything, that, that's what throws off the pacing for me is because when I have that ultimatum, I will immediately go to try to beat the boss as fast as i can so i have the rest of the days like to slack off and that's kind of a bad thing because i'm going to a lot of the boss fights like under leveled and so like 
but I'd rather deal with that struggle than like the deadline comes and like I haven't beat the boss yet. And then like, you know, so it's a really fun game. Like the characters, the story, like the way it's unwrapping and like, and then like my friend Miko was telling me like, Oh, like you haven't even met like this character who's like, a, like the best character or whatever. I'm like, what? Like, like I still have, I'm like 50 hours into the game. And like, there's still like party members. I still don't have yet. You get through the story. And I'm like, like, Oh, like it's, it's such a good story. Cause I tell you, it's like inception. Like you're changing like the minds and hearts of like these evil people, but like the government's starting to notice and like, they're starting to like kind of breathe down your neck. Like, who are these like you know teenagers or who are these people doing these things and like the story is kind of like all over the place it's like not complicated but it's not like bare bones or boring either like it's uh, it's such a good game johnny i'm um i can understand like why GameSpot gave it like a 10 out of 10 because it's such a good game that said it's definitely not for everyone especially if like a very short attention span it's not like that type of game you have to like really be okay with reading a lot no. And RPG mechanics. I'm not going to do that. I hate fucking, uh, what is it called? But they're all Subtitles. fully voiced. They're fully voiced. Well, it's full voice acting. What do you mean I have to read them? No, well, I'm saying because there's like a lot of dialogue in the game is what I'm saying. There's a lot of like store character interactions and stuff and like very, like there's downtime in between the combat. That's what I'm saying. So, I'm loving the game. Uh, I don't know. We'll see if I have the strength to get to the end of it. We'll see. But, cause like, I'm enjoying it. But at this point, I'm kind of like, is this game gonna carry me all the way until November? Cause if no. it does, that's kind of what I want it to do. Cause I, that's like when we start to see like the Black Friday deals like drop and stuff. So did you get the link I sent you for the PSN? The PS what? The PSN. I think there's a game that's really gonna distract you. It's called the Blood Point. No, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Which game were you talking about though? No, I'm just fucking with you. Oh. I thought you, okay, I thought you were being serious. Cause like I didn't, I didn't get a message or anything. But anyways, I'm yeah, and and then in between here and there, I'm playing Eastward still on Switch, which is uh, I haven't put that much time into it, but that's also a fun uh 2D game. Are you gonna try Metroid? I kind of want to. I want to try it by the end of the year. Yeah, I heard it's got uh, the best ratings for this year. Yeah, I heard the game's really fun, really challenging. Uh, we were talking about that thing with you remember David Jaffe where he was complaining about the game that's game design. very bad game design. I finally saw the clip he was talking about, mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel the game does a good job of leading you towards like shooting that specific area. Well, it has a tutorial in it. Yeah. So there's really no. Although I guess if you skipped it or missed it, then that would that would be like if you just decided to never shoot that enemy, then the game like I guess I don't know. I guess then then you'd be kind of screwed. But I feel like it's not that confusing. And even today it's in, the, not that big of a in the modern day of like looking up like what am I missing? Like it's not that hard to find either. Yeah, that's why I said uh, it looks like Jaffe's getting a little bit old. Because, yeah. dude, ev- like every game that I pretty much ever played, I just try to flash through the tutorial ASAP. I don't care if I missed it. I'll figure it out later, but I just don't want to do a tutorial. Right. So for context, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, David Jaffe, he's the creator of Twisted Metal and God of War. Uh, I'm not sure if he really does any work in the game industry anymore. Nope. But he uh, he was criticizing Metroid Dread for what he considered was bad game design because there's these like these certain blocks that you have to shoot that the game kind of doesn't really... It doesn't give you an actual indication you need to shoot them, but if the game assumes you're going to shoot them anyways because you're going to shoot at the enemy that's crawling along the ceiling. Yeah, I don't mean that he's like, oh, this, he's just in, he was just impatient with it. Kind of like a boomer kind of thing. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, 
I don't know. I saw that. I Metroid, I already know, kind of does stuff like that. So that's kind of normal for Metroid. But if this was your first Metroid game, then that would be like something that would throw you off because you would have... If, it, if you weren't shooting at the enemy, you wouldn't have known that you have to shoot the ceiling. But um, what's the last Metroid that came out? Before that one? Yeah. Uh, the, the last one came out was um, Samus Returns. That was like two or three years ago. Really? That was for the 3DS. Yeah, Samus Returns. I, I haven't played a, a Samus game in since like the NES or the SNES. Ooh, John, there's been so many games since then. Other yeah, M on the Wii. I don't, I don't remember like breaking any blocks or any walls at the- that time. Yeah, so I can see if Jaffe, if that was like the last iteration that he played, if he jumped into it, thinking it was just gonna be like rolling around and blasting. I think he said he had never played. I don't think he had played one before. I think he said. Uh, okay. So he's just not familiar. At the same time, I guess people who have played the game kind of like, oh, that's just how the Metro games are, and it's like that's kind yeah, of that not was like everybody in the comments. Yeah, but like that's not. A... I don't think that's like a good excuse either. Like, it's this way because it's always been this way. Isn't a good precedent for anything really. So. I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's like a non-issue for me, honestly. But I, I do want to try uh, Metroid uh, Dread because I think like some of like the boss battle like cutscenes look pretty dope. Uh, the game looks very fluid. It looks like it handles really well, like the movement. Couldn't you apply that uh, logic to it's always been this way? Like Resident Evil, like the back and forth. I could see somebody getting fucking pissed off because games nowadays don't do that back and forth shit and find the key and all this shit. Going to the same room over and over. Oh, Metroidvanias do that. Um, that's about it. That's the only genre of game I can think of that does that kind of thing. Yeah, but I mean, like Resident Evil, it's always been that way. Well, right. no. Like after Resident Evil 5, they haven't done that. No, that's not true. Resident Evil 7 does have you backtracking quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, but that's kind of like... Oh. If you've never played Resident Evil, then that might be like something that frustrates you. But Resident Evil does a good job of telling you, like, oh, you need something and you don't have it at this point. So, like, log that in the back of your mind and worry about it later kind of thing. A lot of times you'll be like, oh, you, you don't need it. You don't, it's like the key is shaped this way or whatever. That's true. And also your map reflects. Uh, yeah, what's locked and what's not accessed and what's complete. Yeah. yeah, so Resident Evil has better quality of life improvements in terms of, like, going back to, like, earlier areas. From the beginning, yeah. Yeah, so that's a non-issue. Johnny, let us go ahead and begin our newest segment. Are you feeling old yet? Are you feeling old yet, Johnny? Five years ago, we got one of my favorite games, Battlefield 1. Nope. You didn't play Battlefield 1? This is the World War 1 game. I don't know if you remember. with 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 the Zeppelins, with the blimps. This is the one with Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, I feel like I played this at Brian's. I tried it out. It's one with Lawrence of Arabia. It's like games don't really explore World War One because there's no like automatic weapons. That was really. the first Battlefield. No, this is Battlefield One because it call they call it that because it takes place during World War One. Mm. No, there was like Battlefield Four was the one before this one. Okay, but five years ago, I remember playing Battlefield One right in time when I was learning about the Middle East when I was in college. Because mm-hmm. I remember Battlefield One, the Lawrence of Arabia. So during World War One. Or the conclusion of World War One is when the Ottoman Empire is divided into Iraq, Iran, and all like the Middle East gets carved up and stuff. Okay. And I was learning about that stuff at the same time as I was taking the history of Middle East class in school. So there was like some kind of like it was like good synergy between the game and what I was learning in school at the same time. So whenever I think of Battlefield One, I always think of learning about like the about the OPEC stuff and the oil in the Middle East and stuff, because that's like 
lines up right when like all that stuff was going on so that was five years ago it feels like less but yeah five years ago 10 years ago this week johnny we think came out 10 years ago we talked about it earlier today 10 years ago this week a decade ago something grand theft auto nope uh mass effect it's a it involves the caped crusader arkham arkham what asylum city arkham city 10 years ago this week johnny a decade ago arkham city what some would consider the best arkham game i think i played that late so it doesn't make me feel as well i remember getting arkham city this is the one with catwoman right yeah that's when we play as catwoman i remember i got it at gamestop right that that same year a decade ago because i remember i got it at gamestop and that was like one of the it was like right before i remember we went to black friday shopping with ruben and brian mm-hmm. and i think ruben bought arkham city during black friday because that was like the newest game of that season that holiday season yeah so thinking back that that was 10 years ago like this this week like it feels a long time ago i'm like yeah no yeah like that sounds right like that was like a decade ago like when it was that time. Do you remember that time we went Black Friday shopping and we left you behind at Brian's because you were playing some racing game? It was when we had we had Thanksgiving at, at Brian's house. I don't know what that game was. Though. You were playing game? some. It was a Need for Speed game. We left you behind because you you and your mom were gonna come back. You guys weren't gonna stay. Brian and I and and Ruben we went to do Black Friday shopping with like one of Brian's friends, and then you spent the night eating turkey and playing Need for Speed online. Huh. You were in Brian's garage. We left you for that day. You don't remember? No, I don't. That was like a decade ago. Do you remember the time when I was like filming everybody that night? On the... Uh, maybe. I think I've seen everybody. Okay, so that's the... that was that night. Uh, Let's see. Looking back at some of these days. Did we go on the roof that night? No. Did that happen? I don't remember that uh, happening. It might have been New Year's. I don't remember that. Uh, Let's see. 22 years ago johnny 22 Shit. years ago what do you think came out 22 years ago this week i think you had this game but i don't know for sure so that was 1999 crash team racing did you play ctr i did i don't remember if i had it though i'm pretty sure i did because I, I spent a lot of time with it 22 years ago, Crash Team Racing came out, Johnny. Can you believe that? Are you feeling old yet, Johnny? Uh, where was I, though? Was it at Giovanni's? In 1999? Where did you live in 1999? I don't know, dude. I think it was LA. Here's one you're, you're... I think this is one you'll like, Johnny. 12 years ago this week, we think came out. Mass 12. Effect. No. Got it. Something we both like. Uh, Smash Brothers? No. 2009 the first borderlands game i'm not as big as a fan as you, you like borderlands i do but i just get frustrated with the sponge but do you remember playing the og borderlands like the old yeah one? i remember that we I do that split levels. screen and getting the loot and getting getting better weapons yeah you always for some reason had like the rocket launcher as your secondary was it yeah you loved rocket launchers for some reason that game 12 years ago. That was intense. 12 years ago, the first board, yep, on PS3, the original Borderlands. Uh, that was, I got that game when we went to Mexico. Remember when it snowed a lot mm-hmm. that one time? Mm-hmm. And then we drove to Mexico? 
That was that same year. Hmm. So that was 12 years ago. Can you believe that? That makes me feel old because that seems like... I remember that was when you had your first iPhone, the first iteration of the iPhone. I still have it. And you were playing, like, I remember you were playing, like, the old, early, early App Store games. They were all available on iPhone. Yeah, it broke. I jailbroke it, all that. Mm-hmm. 12 years ago today. So, I mean, I'm sorry, 12 years ago this week. So, just taking a stroll down memory lane. Johnny, let's transition to the final, uh, I was going to say sketch, the final segment of today's episode. Let's do the pitch. Let's pause it. Wrong one. Oops, I grabbed the wrong caster. All right, ladies and gentlemen, through the magic of podcast technology, Johnny and I have already made our selections. So for those of you who don't know what the pitch is, the pitch is a segment where Johnny and I take two canisters, one filled with game genres like first-person shooters, RPGs, visual novels, and the other one canister containing themes like World War One, space, under the sea, feudal Japan, and we just kind of kit-bash them together to come up with a concept for a game. Johnny, I have FPS, first person shooter, mm-hmm. and visual novel. What do you got? All right, like always, I pick three. Um, like always, that's a you usually pick two, don't you? I tend to go with like two or three. Okay, what you got? So the first one I got is Ocean. Mm. An Ocean visual novel and an Ocean FPS doesn't sound enticing, but go ahead. Right. Okay. Uh, so we can ditch that one. What's a little more action oriented with the FPS and visual novel i got sky- skyscraper okay it works with the fps okay but then i also got haunted which works with a visual novel a haunted the sky- FPS. a haunted a haunted fps so resident evil basically yeah okay yeah we can make that or a dead space dead uh, space is third person oh yeah it is Okay, so let's go with something scary that's FPS. Okay. You want to do that? So is it a haunted skyscraper FPS? <laughs> I don't know if we should stick to the skyscraper. Although I really want to... I want these constraints. Uh-huh. It'll have us be a little more creative. A haunted skyscraper FPS. So the only way this would work is if it's like well, Ghostbusters. It's already, been, it's already been done, actually. Um, Parasite Eve? Or which one? Yeah, I guess Parasite Eve, but also the um, the old house and control. Haunted. It's a skyscraper. And it's haunted. Haunted, and it's oh, it's a third person shooter. It's but third person. That's it's... true. You're right. That would basically be control. Yeah. <laughs> so we just make control into first person view, and that's what we got. All right. Um, okay. So it's gonna be the let's, oldest house. Let's do a haunted skyscraper, visual novel. No. No. Wait, a haunted skyscraper no, no. visual so novel? We're, we're taking off visual novel? Hold on. Well, okay, what's your idea for a haunted skyscraper visual novel? I don't. You just had it there. That's why oh. I thought you, you still wanted to use it. Um, I want to do first person. <sighs> Sorry, I was yawning. All right, first person haunted skyscraper. Is, it, is that what you said? Yes. Okay. How are we going to make that work? Because I'm just thinking it's Ghostbusters in first person. That's basically what it sounds like. <laughs> well, you know what? It says it says yeah. skyscraper, but it it doesn't have to be. Well, fuck, it, it can't just be a building. Because when I was thinking, what the I was Empire thinking State is, Building, I was thinking like an older brick building. You know, okay, something really tall, not fucking massive like 
the Twin Towers or anything. Okay. Like All right. Well, think of how interesting a game about the Twin Towers being haunted that would be. <laughs> Probably a little too soon, a little too dark. Still, that's what I was thinking. A little still, too soon. Still too soon. All right. Yeah, because if if we made it an action game, people would have expectations of by the end of the game, you know, you make it out alive. You make it out before it collapses. Let's not think about that it too would, much. That would be an amazing game, though. Let's not think too much. Yeah, basically, like, if we turn the... Like, all those movies that came out a few years after about, like, 9-11. Uh, turned to a game, basically. But More documentaries than anything. Yeah. All um, right, cool. So, we got the base. Now, the modifiers that I got... Don't make any more sense. <laughs> what are they? Because yeah, I got Ocean, right? And yeah. then I saw the modifiers, and I was like, it's fucking perfect. But it was Cataclysm and Weather Event. Okay, it's a stormy night at the skyscraper, the haunted skyscraper. There you go. There's a, there's a thunderstorm going on. Maybe there's a tornado, who knows. There's a thunderstorm going on in the background of this haunted skyscraper. It kind of adds to the atmosphere. Alright, something will click. It always does. And then it's like a first person, so like, is it like that one game, uh, Fatal Frame? Or it's like first person, but using a camera to like capture like the ghost, like Ghostbuster style. All right, so you want to do story first or or protagonist? Uh, let's do story first. Okay. Cause I still, Ooh. sorry, I'm like yawning a lot. I still don't understand the concept of this game. <laughs> How are we approaching this? Is it if it's haunted? That means like it's like paranormal, right? If yeah. it's paranormal, how's it going to work in first person? What are our weapons? Like, we haven't done a ghost game yet, but I don't want to do a ghost game yet. Okay. So, so haunted in what sense, then? Okay. There's, like, themes I want to go with, but that always kind of goes into the ghost realm. Like, I want to do the, um, hey, there's, a, there's pentagrams in here, right? There's some yeah. pentagrams, there's some weird fucking noises. I want to go in the alien direction just because that's just me. Okay. Uh, what about we go with, like, fuck, this is a reach, but what about, like, Wendigos? Does okay, that, does so that count as haunted? On? No, that's not haunted. No, not really. I don't think so. I'm the same way. The haunt, like... So all we got is ghosts? Okay, well, why don't we just get rid of the haunted and we just stick with first-person skyscraper then? Let's, let's go. Don't make it too complicated. First person skyscraper. All right. So is this like, what is this, Die Hard basically or what? Yeah, sounds like Die Hard. <laughs> die Hard. <laughs> we have a massive tower and a first person shooter. Like what? Yeah, why are we in the tower? Because the know. president's in the tower. Hostage. Maybe it's like that. What's that movie? Olympus Has Fallen? Yeah. Like, it's like the Empire State Building. The president's on the top floor. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's on the bottom floor, but you had to infiltrate from the top floor or something. Work your way down. Yeah, and let's say it unravels into a bigger, bigger event. You have like 50 stories you gotta like get through. Yeah. And yeah. So, okay, so that's our premise, right? We have the. I'm gonna. I'm just thinking of Olympus Has Fallen. That's like the easiest concept to adapt, where like the president is held hostage by terrorists inside the Empire State Building. And you're like the action hero, you're like the guy from Unmetal or whatever. You're coming in. <laughs> I didn't want to make it so like on Goofy. the nose. Okay. But and you par you you 
parachute to the top of the building. You got to infiltrate from the top to the bottom. Kind of like Escape from New York. So you're already a special ops guy. That's right. All right. So let's let's go for like first person shooter. Mission Impossible, James Bond. Let's all let's do that shit. So you're an agent. You gotta get on this fucking building. You parachute on there, and you gotta deal with some terrorists. It's a hostage situation, and you make your way through the building. But was a twist. This is like too straightforward. <laughs> it's nice to have a game that's like a pitch that's straightforward for once, don't you think? Okay, what do you want? Okay, what do you want the twist to be? That it's not the president, or that the the terrorists who actually have a hold of the president, like they're trying to make him confess to war crimes or something. Okay, well, let's go with something that's a little more like diehard. Like it's kind of a regular guy. He's a guy with grit. Oh, he gets he gets like he happens to be in the building. I was gonna say that, yeah. What if he's like the janitor and he's like the has the headphones on, he's on the top floor when all this is going down and he has like no idea whatsoever what's happening. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Fuck it. Kind of like a Paul Blart mall cop kind of situation. Yeah, I don't wanna make him a janitor, but he's like a He overslept, he had a tough shift. He's he's like, you know what? There's this utility closet. I'm gonna take a nap real quick. No, he's kind of like, <laughs> he's a, a guy with grit. He's kind of like Rocky. He's just got that attitude, right? The can-do uh-huh. attitude. But let's just say this guy is from fucking Vietnam, right? Okay. Some fucking warm or desert storm, whatever, and he just happened to be in the building. He was, he was taking a nap, and then when he woke up, like, oh, like I, I should be going home now. Yeah, he yeah, heads yeah. downstairs. The elevator is, like, locked. Like, it's locked. Like, like the story starts very slow, and then, like, he, he can't access the elevators, and he's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, so my clearance he, isn't working. So he takes, yeah, he takes the stairs. He starts taking the stairs, and he starts hearing commotion, like, some screaming, and then you hear, like, some rumbling in the building. And then he has, like, his first encounter with, like, one of, like, the enemies. Yes, yes. And they're kind of just, like, like, what are you supposed to, like, you're not supposed to be here, like, what? and they approach him. He's like, no, I was like, no, I work here and stuff. Like, he still, like, he still doesn't get the situation. Yeah, yeah. And the guy comes to grab him, but it's like, those old, like, combat instincts take over. Yeah, yeah. And when the guy reaches for him, he grabs him, puts him, like, in a chokehold, and he knocks him out, and then, like, it's like, <gasps> like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. And then, like, he hears, like, the enemy has, like, a walkie-talkie, right? He's a little too surprised. Yeah. It sounds like you're making him sound like bimbo. <laughs> no, like, kind of like, like, oh, like, like, okay, maybe it's like, oh, you shouldn't have tried that. Like, you shouldn't have tried to grab me. Like, mm-hmm. he still doesn't know what's going on, right? He hears, like, the enemies, like, walkie-talkie go off, like, mm-hmm. like check in or whatever. And he has, like, that hand solo, on solo moment where he picks it up. He's like, uh, everything's fine here. Uh, who is this? Or, like, where are you reporting from? Like, where, where's your station? Like, who is this? And, like, he starts to slowly put it together. Like, wait a minute. Like, something happened to the building while I was, like, knocked out. Mm-hmm. He investigates. He goes to like the security room where all the cameras are, like the, the monitors. Realizes like there's like armed men on every floor. And the president's like on the bottom floor. He's like, what? Like, it's like, oh yeah, the president came by to like inspect the. I don't know for like a memorial or for like some kind of anniversary or something. Yeah. And like he's starting to piece together like what happened. He's like, and then that's when he's like, he's like, you know, like my service to my country didn't end when that my tour ended. And like now he's like with renewed conviction he's gonna save the president, mm-hmm. and there you go. He he's like solid snake though. He procure weapons on site. He's like ill equipped. Mm-hmm. Maybe he takes the gun from the guy. Maybe maybe he starts off with like a like a stun baton or something. I don't know. Oh, he starts crafting stuff. Hmm? He starts crafting things. Is this like Home Alone now or something? <laughs> no, like like MacGyver. <laughs> or I mean, he could cross craft a couple things, but I got a sp- aerosol can and a lighter. Like, let's get to business. Yeah, I wanted to be a game where, um, 
He's like, I got the janitor's closet. I have like, I have uh, what do you call it? Like, he's the... still a janitor. No, he it says he has like access to the janitor's closet. Yeah, I was gonna say I wanted, I wanted to be like where you can pick up a lot of random shit. Like you could pick up a mix like shivs and stuff. You and take like, a like the fire thing, ex- fire extinguisher, extinguisher, and you need to make a, timer. Like, a decoy. Like I'm gonna throw this shit into the, into the hallway, and it'll make a distraction, and I could just creep in there. Oh, okay, you know stuff like that. Or I could uh, just pick up this like uh, this award, and it's like a fucking spike type of award, right? Or maybe he knows how to like mix, like he make like ether or make like mix chemicals for like knockout like gas or like knockout like, like when you put like the wet ether over their nose and knocks them out kind of thing. You know what? Uh, we can make the building like biotech. Maybe he's dangerous. Maybe he knows how to put you put uh, combine chlorine chlorine with ammonia. Yeah, we can make, make the a building. Gas. We can make it biotech or like a, a chemical company that's mm-hmm. like super high end stuff. So he can be a scientist. That would make more sense. Like why the president's like inspecting. Like we gotta check up on the like the you know the latest like war like black. What do they call it? Like a. Uh, Let's do that. Let's what do you call go... it like the off the books kind of like project kind of thing? Uh, just what do you call them? Like black like those uh, not a black box. What do they call it? Like those things are like off the books. Like it's like redacted, like confidential, or whatever. Like top. Secret top clearance or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, let's do that. He's at one of those companies. He's um, he's pretty fucking smart. The the president goes. He's checking up on like super classified shit. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's where it all happens. Like there was oh, terrorism. like a black site. There you go. Or just a black site, like off the books. Like like you can't tell. It's like a chemical company from outside kind of thing. Yeah, like let's let's say there's this. Okay, this story got a lot more interesting. Uh, there's terrorists. They got to the building. The building is being shut down because it's super high levels, high security. Mm-hmm. So we got like the the fucking windows with the with the grates coming down, and everybody's locked in, right? Mm-hmm. Can't come in, can't come out. But some some terrorists did make it in. Those are the guys you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. So your guy is super fucking intelligent, and you're seeing your coworkers dying. But you know how to make like certain chemicals. Mm-hmm. So you can com- combine certain things. Mustard, you could take yes. a, a Molotov, but make it super potent. Right? Uh-huh. You could also pick up the weapons. Um, you could take. You're gonna be going around with like instead of uh, like shivs, you got syringes, okay. right? You could like put them asleep. You you could do all kinds of crazy shit. Right. But uh, this is where the twist is better because it's like a biochemical or whatever type of company, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of want the twist. Where maybe the president was like kind of in on it, so okay. How do we draw this out? It was like a bid for like re-election, like sympathy or something, or, or maybe not. No, 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 not the president, but it's like his chief of staff or yes, something. Like his chief of staff, his vice president, whatever. They're all trying to like undermine him or something. They're trying to undermine him, and they they gave away his location and how to access him, and oh, and yeah. this is like maybe you find documents with the terrorists where they have like they you get part of the plan right, mm-hmm. and part of the plan is is something that the terrorists are trying to access in the building. What if we like the terrorists like we do like we go like the Foxhound route and like the terrorists have like there's like four like main like villains or group like specialists among the terrorists and like those are like that those are like our foxhound like group like there's like a a guy who has like really good vision in the dark or a guy who has like thermal, yeah because like he like fills an entire floor with like with like smoke screen or like tear gas and like he has like really good like infrared goggles and you need to like 
yeah, 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 yeah. So one floor, we can do that. Like he fills it with smoke, and that's the guy that's like sniping you, and you have to like you're in the smoke, mm-hmm. and maybe the smoke is more to like the ground, and oh, not okay. the top. So, so you can you like have crawl. To figure out how uh-huh. to get to that guy? Like where's the trajectory of the bullet coming from, kind of thing? Yeah, because he's got his like red dot. Uh huh. Going across. So that guy takes over a building. There's another guy you, you... Maybe you can use, like, vents to, like, outmaneuver him or something. Yeah, I want... Like the ducks. I want a boss battle, like, from the beginning. Like, maybe you gotta go, like... Maybe you're on the top floor, but you're not on the roof. Mm-hmm. You get to the roof. I want there to be backtracking, like, oh, fuck, I need this key card, you know? Like okay. Resident Evil style. Okay. Or, like, Metal Gear Solid, basically, has that, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you fight one boss in the atrium. You fight another boss in the lobby. In the cafeteria <laughs> or stuff like that. Well, big open spaces. It's a yeah. massive building. But then eventually, because it's like a black site and shit needs to be secure, not everything's going to be on the top floor. Like the super high end shit. Like more towards the middle. It's underground. I would oh, say. okay. So when you get to underground is where you find the location where you're like, I didn't know any of this shit was going on. I didn't know my company was working on these projects. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's where you find, like, the very super lethal shit. And maybe that's where they're, like, oh, they're kind of making a virus that that they're going to, like, a legit bioweapon, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, pharmaceuticals trying to help. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's dope. So far, I like this game. Uh, what so, are we calling it? <laughs> what are we calling this? Uh, I think, like, something, like, super action-y, like something maximum or max or something that's like kind of like a like a pun or like a parody kind of in a way like maximum action or lethal action or maximum lethality or something like or give me more of the nose with it like dude lethal weapon is so good yeah that's the name of the movie series or like maximum lethality solid or something (laughs) you know like something that's like a little more on the nose or like something like more like Kojima esque with like political connotations. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Metal Gear names right now. Yeah, like towers, towers of espionage or something. Or well, I'm thinking like bio. It's got to be like stealth and bio. Guns of democracy or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something like Metal Gear esque. <laughs> I'm thinking of something like very cheesy '90s, like like you know Beverly's Hulk, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Terminator, Commando, Cobra, freaking, like I said, Lethal Weapon, Rush Hour, something along those lines where it's like, like you just hear the name and you think of action. Something you like, Under Duress, or like State of the Union, or like President Down, or President Under Duress. Biohazard is a great name. I don't know. something, Something goofy, kind of. Or something like it sounds like action, like Die Hard, like collateral damage, or maybe it's like the name of the virus. Does the virus have like a cool name, like something Greek maybe? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I guess we can go with a Greek name. Fuck, everybody copies Greek stuff. Yeah, like so. Let's go with like uh, Prometheus has that. Like that's a Greek name, Prometheus. Yeah, but not Prometheus. Let's no, with, uh, I'll give you an example. Like Hades. Hades, that's a game already called Hades. Yeah, but it's a fucking Greek guy. Or something like like Th- Than- Thanatos, that's another one. Charon, 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 which is like the guy who crosses the rivers, like Styx. Uh, Cerberus, maybe. Cerberus could be cool. Cerberus, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm done with that. That's a dope logo for a company. 
It's like Cerberus under duress or Cerberus maximum lethality or something like that. Something something like actiony, like cheesy, like something you can see like Schwarzenegger starring in, kind of Iron Cerberus or like Steel Cerberus, like I don't know, something like that, right? Uh, fuck, this one's fucking dragging on, but I'm I'm thinking about like Total Recall, so. <laughs> I say we just go with Cerberus and like, and then the the sequel will have like a like a subtitle or something. Cerberus two maximum. I'm saying maximum lethality. I think it sounds cool. Deep state. Ooh, I like Cerberus deep state or just deep state by itself. Let's go with Cerberus deep state. I like that because it's like it has kind of like political connotations and mm-hmm. stuff. It's the underground Cerberus deep state, deep underground, deep ground. Yeah, the company name is Cerberus. The game's name is actually Deep State. It's kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn. About how Zero Dawn is like the project. Yeah, so I guess we could call it Deep State Cerberus. Cerberus is the actual like compound. Uh huh. All right, I guess that sounds good. It feels Deep really State. right. Deep State Cerberus. All right, who's making yeah, this? Yeah, that's catchy. I know you want to see Kojima Productions or Konami, right? No, I wasn't thinking them. Really? No. Who makes this kind of game? You think? I'm thinking something, someone like Capcom. The one that makes the most sense, but I don't want to have it, is Ubisoft, because of uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, uh, Tom, uh, the whole Tom Clancy stuff. Yeah. Uh, Splinter Cell. Because hmm? of Splinter Cell, right? I thought about Splinter Cell earlier. I also thought about that's uh, Ubisoft. No, I also thought about uh, Siphon Filter. It gave me those vibes. That's uh, that's Bend, Studio Bend. Yeah, but Ubisoft because they they have the their most current game with the bioweapon release and fucking US falls apart. Oh, uh, shoot! I forgot the name. What's it called? Um, Division. The Division. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I, there's just their games are so grindy. I don't want that kind of game. Okay. It doesn't have to be grindy. No, you know what? But was, Ubisoft would still be good with like a sci-fi. I'll give it to uh, what's it? Control. Remedy? Yeah, I'll give it a remedy. Even though there's like no supernatural elements, really. In Control? No, in this game they were making. No, I mean, we spent too much time on the damn name. Although the name is legit. Deep State. But the thing is, yeah, there's these terrorists that went to Steam, but we didn't even describe the thing. The thing could fucking give you like. Super soldier shit. Ooh, I like the idea. And like, and maybe just, like the final boss is that, like he injects himself or something, like. Yeah, and we were toying with this idea of it being haunted, so the things you see might look haunted to you, oh, but it's more like, like the like the scarecrow gas in Arkham, like that kind of thing. A little more than that, like it could be haunted, but it's it looks like, like a, the fear gas in in Arkham. There you go. What does it do to you? It makes you hallucinate and see things. Okay, yeah, it could be kind of that. Oh, there you go. Okay, but that could be like a counterattack. We're like build. We're building the ship as we fly. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the the compound that they take might look like a haunted thing, but they're like, they're starting to develop like mutations. Like they start crawling on walls. Oh. Right. Okay. They start crawling on. This kind of makes the deep state thing sound like deep more interesting now. Deep state, like like the Cerberus part, is like the weird, like paranormal, like yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I can see Remedy doing this then. In that case, yes, that makes sense. All right. I'm super down. All right. There we go. So deep state Cerberus by Remedy. Ship it. 
slap the label, give it the rated M, and send it off to the presses. Zelda, a good game. Sometimes I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do with this? And then you come up with something really good. You just kind of have to. It's that's sort of the whole point of us doing like this pitch is, or like the pitch in general is kind of to get our brains like percolating, kind of like thinking of stuff. I think this is one of the tougher ones. Yeah. Well, we, it could have made this really simple, but you refused to make it simple, so that's why you made it tough on yourself. Yeah, because it's otherwise it's kind of boring. But all right then. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and wrap this up. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, uh, ideas, or anything you just want to tell us about. Uh, you can email us at dualsensepodcast at yahoo.com. That, again, that is dualsensepodcast at yahoo.com, all in one word. You can also reach us at our Twitter, dualsensep. Again, that is dualsensep on Twitter. Uh, reach out to us through those avenues. And let us know what you think. Uh, whatever app whatever app you use, whatever metric they have for measuring like how much you like something, whether it's like a thumbs up or a star or a heart, Go ahead and hit one of those if you can for us. It would help us a lot if you enjoy the content that we're creating here. Uh, go ahead and give us a rating of some kind. We would deeply appreciate it. Johnny's kind of like floundering around looking for something on the floor. Not sure what he's doing. Okay, he's settled down now. <laughs> so, if you have any suggestions for a different name that's not Deep State, uh, although you'd be hard-pressed to find a better name than that, go ahead and let us know. Johnny, was there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it up? No. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Mm-mm. All right, then. That's it for us this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and you'll hear from us next week. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Did the pod start? Yeah, it started. Okay. <laughs>